Welcome. This is the Business of Vulnerability, the podcast that shares the wonderful work that individuals, organizations, and communities are doing around the world to try and help those who are most vulnerable. Welcome to the Business of Vulnerability. Uh, today on the podcast, we have Samira Khan from Salesforce.org. Uh, a few weeks ago, I attended a, a conference called the Tech for Social Good. Um, it's a, it was an online virtual conference in the midst of COVID. And I was struck by the amount of people from Salesforce there and the work that they're doing around nonprofits and foundations and with philanthropy. And so me and Samira connected in the past, and I asked her to come on the pod and share a little bit of what Salesforce is doing as well as hopefully some more of, of what's going to happen in the future. So, Samira, thank you for, for stopping by. Yeah, thanks, Blake, and thanks for that wonderful lead-in. One of the reasons that I'm actually at Salesforce.org is I was blown away by the number of ways in which Salesforce is trying to have an impact. I am specifically on the impact management team at Salesforce.org, and Salesforce.org used to be its own separate social enterprise prior to July 2019. Since July 2019, we've integrated with .com, and we're called the social impact business arm of Salesforce.com. But all along, our sort of impact has been driven by our technology for social change portfolio and our ability to really use the underlying CRM for good. So we have three main cloud products. We have one, which is Nonprofit Cloud, a part of Nonprofit's software package that we offer globally. And we really enable nonprofits to have access to our CRM through Power of Us. And Power of Us Hub is a way that we offer discounts um, to our nonprofits so that they can access not just nonprofit cloud, but also get discounts on some of our other Salesforce products. So it really empowers them and democratizes um, the use of technology by making this technology available at a discounted rate and for free to nonprofits globally. The second main product is Education Cloud. So with that, we've been able to serve K through 12 in the U.S. and higher education um, and there's also a third cloud product, which is relatively newer, called Philanthropy Cloud. And for that, the customer is slightly different. Um, we're serving corporations or private businesses and helping them track their volunteerism and their givings. So I was very impressed by the platform and the way in which we've modified not only what we offer through the technology, but the way in which the technology is offered so that it's accessible and usable um, for the social sector. So that's just .org alone. Um, in addition to that, I know .org has been supporting the usage of the technology through pro bono assistance and .com in general has a very robust culture around giving back. So not just in terms of our products, but also in terms of our people and their time. If you look back at the history of Salesforce, the genesis was in this one 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 model. Um, that we used to use, which is 1% of our time, 1% of our equity, and 1% of our product is what we give away sort of in terms of social good. And that genesis has really enabled us to evolve our, continue to evolve our culture in this direction. So as I mentioned, a really strong culture around volunteerism. We actually get dedicated time called volunteer time off where we're able to go volunteer at a nonprofit and give back in that way. And then in addition to sort of that robust culture and the technology, 
We have an impact fund, which is under Salesforce Ventures, and they invest in education, workforce development, um, some diversity and inclusion, and technology for social change. We have an Office of Ethical and Humane Use of Technology, which is extremely important as we think about the positive and negative impacts of technology in the world today and the ethical implications of it. They're thinking about some very interesting and challenging questions, and not only in an inward-looking way, thinking about Salesforce technology, but just in general interacting with the ecosystem. And then in addition to that, we have a very strong making arm. Um, that's our global philanthropy and engagement team. And we do grant making and education and workforce development. And there's sort of additional sort of partnerships we have as well. So the entire social impact, I would say muscle and ecosystem at Salesforce is very strong and it cuts across different departments, different business units, um, actually you should call them business units, to really sort of elevate this purpose that Mark Benioff has described, which is using business as a platform for change. And what I think is really interesting is it's been um, great to see how empowering it is, especially in the pandemic and as we think about the pandemic. So not only are we sort of driving social good by using our own platform and widely speaking, um, not just the technology, as I mentioned, the people, our capital, our technology for social good, and even sort of leading with our culture in terms of our response to COVID. I think in addition to just bringing all those resources to bear, we've really been able to show that technology can be a tool to empower others to use their own organization as a platform for change. So one of the interesting things that has come out of the pandemic is we have partnered in very innovative ways, interesting ways internally in cross-functional groups, as well as externally to rolloutwork.com. And that is a great holistic sort of solution that is helping organizations and businesses get back to work. So anything from the inclusion of contact tracing to um, wellness checks and the ability to align shifts and really get back to work in a way that is more efficient, effective, and seamless. So I've seen, you know, our existing customers um, almost like make significant advances in their digital transformation, I would say, using our technology due to the pandemic. And I think that just sets them up better for success in so many ways, especially as you think about social sector organizations that may have been either slower to use the technology or may not have been up to speed. This really put a certain degree of pressure on them in terms of their survival and ability to thrive. Um, I know recently I was reading about our work with um, the Oakland School District. I wasn't personally involved, but it was really great to see how the Oakland schools that used to track information around supports in sort of Excel documents and various places have been able to bring these sources of information onto a platform and holistically support the students. So, um, you know, I think the power of the platform is really what first sort of attracted me to Salesforce. And then I realized this is much more than technology, you know, and and it's so rooted and ingrained in our culture. And what the pandemic has done is it's only lifted and elevated the power of technology in my mind, the power of the Salesforce platform and how it really represents a pathway to empowerment for organizations and individuals alike. Mm, that's awesome. I 
I'm amazed at all of the different work that Salesforce.org is doing and all the different places that it touches um, and, and different causes that, it, that it's helping. Um, I am curious, you mentioned coming to Salesforce. Can, can you share a little bit of how you got into social impact and, and out of all places, why Salesforce is the one that you decided to, to work for? I mean, there's, there's not only a host of other you know, nonprofits and foundations, but also a host of different tech companies. Um, why, why Salesforce and why social impact? Yeah, thanks, Blake. So I think a lot of what I just described um, is something I didn't really appreciate as I was joining Salesforce, but it's only sort of solidified, you know, or validated my decision. So I was describing kind of what .org does and then also what .com does and what the entire sort of brand and company brings to bear on the social impact sector. And the way in which I sort of chose Salesforce or was thinking about my journey, I had a long history in management and strategy consulting. I had solved all kinds of sort of business-focused problems for various organizations globally. Um, I'd worked with governments and nonprofits. I had also worked in the private sector. And the range of sort of business problems were like, market analyses and landscape analyses, figuring out where to play, where to place big bets, how to really, you know, think of cost effectively in a social sector, how to innovate on business models and share costs between the public and private sector to enable things. So I had all this sort of business experience and this business background, but in consulting, I really felt like I wasn't getting to see my work and the business model change really come to life. And then after I sort of went through this period of management and strategy consulting, I specifically doubled down on social impact. So I joined Dahlberg, which is um, also a consulting firm, but it's squarely focused on international development and so I and social sector work. So I worked in India and I worked in Hong Kong and I worked on a few very, very interesting projects there. But I still felt like this is still consulting, although I'm seeing added emphasis on the social impact side, the impact management side of things, I still didn't feel like I was creating and building. So I went to DC and I joined Opportunity at Work that was incubated as a think tank called New America. And they were really trying to connect overlooked talent to jobs. So they were thinking about platform solutions, innovative finance solutions, really working in partnership. And that's when I first realized how important it is um, to partner in a unique way, not just thinking about business models, but really to be able to develop sort of a holistic platform to support these overlooked talent was very important. It has to be something that is financially sort of viable. It has to be something that enables um, talent with the right sort of digital tools that they need. So the importance of a holistic solution became very clear to me. And I know when I was at Opportunity at Work, we didn't just look at sort of how to better finance education for overlooked talent and career pathways. We also looked at supports that need to be provided in terms of, you know, counseling and social services and how do that we get those to communities because oftentimes people weren't attending classes because they were um, just didn't have transportation or didn't have the right sort of support at home. So after that journey and kind of rolling up my sleeves and joining a social enterprise, I was like, what is a brand, an existing company that is doing really amazing work because the corporate sector is becoming increasingly important. They have deep pockets. They have significant relationships. If there's anybody, obviously they're not the only ones, but if there's anybody who can bring this sort of 
holistic solution, um, a cross-sector solution who can really sort of lead with business model, that would be a corporation. So who are the leading corporations? And I had always had an interest in the intersection of technology and social good back from my days at Stanford. So specifically started double-clicking on the tech sector and Salesforce really stood out. As I mentioned, you know, they the genesis and the history and the 111 model stood out to me. All that they're doing in terms of empowering not just their customers with technology, but their employees to think with sort of a, a social change mindset to devote some of their time that really spoke to me. Um, and I think the sheer amount of sort of resources that we've invested in building out social impact and thinking about our purpose, um, thinking of business as a platform for change is important. And I think going forward, like after sort of being at Salesforce, whether I'm here or elsewhere, always be thinking about business and, a cor- and corporations in a different way. It's completely transformed the way in which I think about the power of a, of a corporation. And it's interesting how much has changed in a couple years. I joined Salesforce um, over two years ago. And at the time, I definitely think there was this conversation around stakeholder capitalism and corporations filling a gap that governments have previously struggled with and really leading with their resources, their relationships, their influence, their deeper pockets to really drive and speak to and meet not only consumer activism and sort of, you know, create socially conscious products, but driving with their culture and their volunteerism and thinking of new ways to enable like the broader sector globally. So that conversation was already starting, but in two years, it's evolved so much that I think in the pandemic, corporations have really, you know, some corporations have really stood out in their response. And I think Salesforce is one of them. So that's a really long-winded way of saying, I think it represents the sort of accumulation of my work and it's really aligned with my personality and my ethos. And this idea of empowering people and one of the best ways to do it is technology because of how powerful it can be, especially as you think about the pandemic. Mm. I Listening to you explain that, I was curious, what advice would you have for people that want to get into social impact, right? Like you obviously had a wealth of experience that you brought to bear on these topics. You know, if you had somebody just coming out of school or, or, or looking to switch kind of careers a little bit, what like what skills and abilities and and experiences are needed to be able to make an impact in social impact? Yeah, so I view social impact as increasingly being sort of cross-sector and not necessarily siloed, but I view it as a cultural transformation. So I would really um, encourage people in every aspect of their life to re-examine sort of the why. So what brings them here to their community, um, what legacy they want to leave over time to their communities or to their families or to people important to them. So I would just encourage individuals to just take a step back and think of their why, what is their purpose, what do they care most about and what's most important in their life. Um, And I'm a little frazzled today, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, because I have children going back to school. And it was interesting to see that one of the first assignments they got, um, my daughter's in first grade, it was a big heart, and you had to draw like 10 things that are important to you. And I started thinking about work and how basically purpose has really driven and helped me um, 
make career choices. And I've been trying to always figure out what are the strongest levers I can pull, given my skill set, given my interests, given who I am, and given what exists in the world to have an impact on some of the most vulnerable populations in the world. I mentioned how my experience led me to sort of a corporation that has a strong culture around it. And then I also mentioned how Salesforce has sort of really shown me that there's a power, that the business model can be super, super powerful in driving social impact. So that's my journey. I don't think that that needs to be everybody's journey, but it is important to figure out what's important to you, then kind of map that to the sort of levers that exist. There are some people who are more oriented toward their local community. And as we can see with the pandemic, it's super important to build sort of your local community, your relationships, your infrastructure. A lot of the change that we see taking place is happening um, locally with sort of neighbors helping neighbors. And I think that's going to be increasingly important, ironically, even in a digital world, because it's important to have that sort of protection or to take care of those around you. So there will be some who will be oriented toward that. There may be others who are more oriented toward thinking about like the nation and, the, you know, our political discourse is very interesting these days and giving back that way. And they may view sort of their skill set or interests in line with civic empowerment. Um, you can use the same types of tools like business model and policy change emerging from corporations and digital tools to enable that. So the tools remain the same, but that might be their path. For me, it's been very much global and international due to my exposure as a child to Asia. And I saw very, very sort of impoverished communities and vulnerable communities and how they were dealing with resource constrained environments. So for me, it's very important to empower some of the hardest to reach communities with education and with economic pathways and to create awareness in countries or locations that are better resourced um, so that they are able to help globally and so that they have sort of the mindset um, shift to do so. So I think people will carve out different paths. Um, and one of the most important skills is to be in touch with yourself, to be empathetic to other people, to take the time to understand the actual issues that communities are facing, to listen, to listen with your heart, to listen with your mind, to listen with the digital tools that exist that are you know, amazingly powerful that enable us to get feedback from mobile phones and far off geographies. So to be empathetic, to listen, to kind of connect with your purpose in terms of hard skills, or actually, that's probably not the right term. Um, in terms of skills, I would think very much about skills of the future. As I mentioned um, or alluded to, this space has changed so much over the past couple of years. And if I look back over my entire career, um, more and more cross-sector partnerships, super interesting and creative models that are emerging. So you have to be creative, open-minded, flexible, agile, yet have a business and impact mindset. Both are important. Um, and I think you get that creativity and agility by trying. So by actually being in environments that allow you to test solutions, to collaborate across generations without the limitations of sort of titles and levels, to be able to innovate with people um, in government and in corporations and nonprofits, to be able to get insights from far off places and to think about your design choices carefully. So I think being flexible and exposure to a lot of different experiences could enhance that. Um, but I would say it's not that one just has to have an impact mindset. Where I had a really hard time in the public sector as well as the social sector is oftentimes there weren't the right incentives in play. And 
social enterprises that I've worked with have been struggling a lot with their business model. So just their earned revenue and being sustainable. So I do think that it's still very important to think about where are you getting the resources? Why are you getting the resources? How are you getting them? And how are you going to make it sustainable? And a lot of that lies in having business acumen and business thinking alongside having this sort of impact mindset. So I would say both are extremely important. Hmm. I, you know, you mentioned uh, agility and, and kind of flexibility and, and creativity. I, I'm curious how all of those things have, have played into the, the, the response to COVID that you've seen and how, um, you know, this pandemic has changed your view on impact in general and, uh, and, and kind of where the future of impact is going based off of this collective experience that we're all having. Yeah, so um, I was admittedly very nervous when, you know, the pandemic first seemed like it wasn't going to go away anytime soon. I would say it was a a couple months in, but what I've been really impressed by at Salesforce is the sheer energy and agility with which cross-functional sort of teams has formed. And when people are interested and they want to basically give back in a certain way or double down, they will very quickly mobilize and get the right sort of conversations taking place and the right people in the room. Um, In addition to that, I myself and I've seen my colleagues draw from their relationships and networks outside of Salesforce. So I think that given we're, you know, talking about technology and digital tools, what's been amazing is to see people combine their personal relationships their orientation toward empathy, their purpose with the digital tools that exist to collaborate both internally as well as across sort of Salesforce and then outside with other partners and customers that we have to truly understand what they're facing and to co-innovate and create with them. And I think Work.com is really a, um, a significant sort of a release that um, a release of a product that really manifests all that has been done in partnership with our ecosystem and partnership with others. And we've continued to improve upon that. So I think that is just a great example, in my personal opinion, of agility, flexibility, creativity coming to life in a very important way to have an immediate impact on a pressing and urgent global challenge. And in some ways, you have to try things in certain environments and then sort of expand their geographic reach and roll them out. But just the very, the sheer ability to be able to bring something together so fast in such a large corporation and in partnership with others was amazing. And it's not just at Salesforce. I mean, I've seen other corporations respond with that sort of urgency and agility as well. I know Facebook has put out some great resources um, in a hub with regards to COVID and has you know, given back in that way. And there's numerous other corporations that have really brought their relationships to bear. Um, And I think it just requires us to operate at a different pace. So I know there's a lot happening real time and just making those connections, connecting the dots is really important, using digital tools to our advantage to do that. I will say that I'm a little concerned that you know, all of this sort of agility, creativity, and hard work has come together in an extremely important way. But in the back of my mind, there's this nagging fear of basically um, burnout. So people are obviously emotions are running really high. Um, People are feeling not just for their own families, they're feeling for their communities. And in addition to that, they're working super hard to bring their creativity and agility to bear in a way that's sort of productive and that is helping us get out of this pandemic. 
So I have been impressed by sort of Salesforce's culture around wellness and mental well-being. We do have these breaks that are sort of built in, optional in our schedule to engage with others for like that purpose. I just would like to see more of that. I would like to see sort of a greater attention on on sort of wellness um, and mental health, especially for vulnerable populations, because as I see it, they may not have a choice to really work on that part. And I don't have an easy answer or an easy solution here. It's just more of like a plea that that is one thing that I think I'm I'm concerned about. Um, I do see technology as being a way that we will leapfrog some of the inequalities because as the pandemic has forced us to think more carefully about who has access and who doesn't have a- has a- have access, and as we've sort of used corporate power and network to really um, reach more vulnerable communities with technology, I think that opens up a pathway. So if you think about technology, in my mind, it's, it is associated with power. If you have more capital or you have more resources, technically, you've historically been able to use technology in better in different ways because you can afford it. But if you create sort of different business models and you really create a culture around giving back um, when you think about technology and you really view it as a right as opposed to like, you know, something, a product that you're selling, it's really a right because if you don't have access to technology, you get shut out from so many different channels in today's world. So I think there will be this shift in how we think about the access to technology and there will be pathways that'll open up that'll allow us to leapfrog economically in certain ways because technology will help these entrepreneurs in far off places kind of drive their businesses and whatnot. But that still doesn't sort of change the nagging question in my mind around general societal well-being and mental health. Yeah, it's a hard problem to solve. Uh, luckily, there's lots of, of good people attempting to try and come up with solutions. And at the end of the day, it's probably us just caring a little more for each other. I'm, I'm curious, right? You mentioned today we were dropping off your daughter for, I think it was the first day of school, right? No, unfortunately, it's the first day of school, but it's remote. So I'm in, I'm south of the city and the schools haven't quite opened. So it's just Zoom call after Zoom call for oh. actually three girls. So what a, what a weird, uh, situation. I, it was interesting. I was just thinking it was, it's the first day of school for, for my son. He's going into kindergarten and, uh, I went and dropped him off and, and I, uh, you know, they have the masks and like shields around the desks and, and different things. And I, I couldn't help but think like collectively the impact that, that this pandemic will make um, could be either a good one or a bad one. And there's a lot of, of uh, in-betweens that, that could exist there. Um, but, but one of the things I was curious about before I, I leave you is if, if we do our job well as people working in social impact and the nonprofits and different things, um, what do you expect the future to look like for, for your girls um, and, and for others? Like what, what is better for them if we do our job well as social impact professionals? So my, um, my answer is very much tied to aspirations and hope. Um, I think that's a wonderful sort of note and question to, to end on because I went through a lot of sort of, corporate impact and change and challenges very, very quickly. And it's actually, you know, causing me to pause and reflect. Um, I hope and aspire uh, toward basically individuals that are 
you know, more empathetic and that slow down to, as you say, just care for one another and think about the impact of their actions on other people um, and how they might need to change their behavior or their attitudes to be sort of a more caring society, not just in their local communities or nationally, but globally as well. So just more um, empowered citizens in that way. And I think we've historically placed a lot of burden on the individual and what they do and don't do, but it's not that simple. I mean, each person has a different background, is raised in a different home, has different influences, different sort of levels of resources accessible to them. And we're often a reflection of what we are taught and what works in society and what allows us and enables us to survive and thrive. And, you know, some people are blessed enough to not have to, you know, fight in a certain way for resources that makes them, I guess, you know, softer that whereas others may have a different approach and attitude, or maybe it makes them more resilient. So all I'm saying is we are part of product of our own agency and our own actions, and we're part of product of our society. So I would really love to see technology be used in a way to elevate education and awareness around empathy, around mental health, around community building, around the importance of taking care of one another, around racial um, injustice, around equality, you know, between genders or among groups of people. I would love to see the sort of digital content and digital tools be created in a way that are inclusive, inclusive of those with disabilities and for it to be made very explicit and apparent and for us to really empower as many people as possible with the mindset and the awareness and education so that they can make choices that are in line with supporting other people. If you don't know how your choices affect other people, it becomes really tough to make choices that are in your mind the right choices or aligned with your heart. So that might be sort of one piece of it. And I would also just like to see this pandemic open, as I mentioned, the doorway to us really thinking about the social sector differently, nonprofits differently. They're really hurting. They're really struggling right now. They're cash strapped. There's also social enterprises that are doing amazing impact work. Um, entrepreneurship represents to me a wonderful pathway to sort of bringing some people out of poverty and on um, stronger economic pathways. So I hope it sort of opens the door to us thinking about technology, as I mentioned, more as a right and as accessibility being a goal, a social goal that we collectively want to pursue. And I think if more than one player in corporation, if they're sitting at the same table and they decide we want to open up the pathways to access, you'll have multiple players working on this. So I basically see a world where my girls are much more connected to their community. They're spending more time with the people they love. You know, the heart that my daughter drew today with the 10 things that are important to her are probably going to be the same 10 things that are important to her as an adult. It was like family, food. Um, she drew books. So represents knowledge. She drew art. And I think she drew her house or something. So I don't see those things as fundamentally changing over her lifetime. It's just about making sure that her and her peers are connected to that, are connected to their communities, and have the consciousness and the dedication to really connect with others and open up the doorways to greater equality using the amazing technological tools that we'll have by then. I mean, AI and I was just thinking the other day, like, I can't imagine what tools will be available to sort of predict and analyze human behavior that I can't even imagine right now. So I just hope that those tools are used in an inclusive way 
and are accessible to the masses in a way that really empowers society collectively and that our children are are at the forefront of that. And I have every, I said it was sort of, when I started this, I said it was rooted in hope and aspiration. I have a lot of confidence in the younger generations. I almost look toward them. I just think of, you know, I mean, Greta Thunberg is cited a lot, but there's there's other change agents and they're really forcing, I think, some, you know, previous generations to think hard about their choices. So I have a lot of hope. Uh, Tamara, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your perspective. And thank you for the work that you and your colleagues at Salesforce.org do. I know there are nonprofits all over that rely on the technology that is provided so generously. Um, it, it's it's remarkable to see the wonderful impact that can happen um, through a corporation. So thank you again for coming on. And thank you again for the work that you do. Thank you for listening to The Business of Vulnerability. If you or someone you know would be a wonderful guest for our next recording, please let us know at Team Pulse. It's T-E-A-M-P-U-L-S-E at PulseForGood.com. Thank you.